What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. I don't know about you, but where I live here in Virginia, I am loving this warm summer weather this time of the year. The pools are open, the sun is out, the golf course and beach are calling my name. It's time to unwind and to relax a little bit in God's beautiful creation. And I know, man, I know that life can get busy, uh, but please don't forget to prioritize some self-care during this season of your life. It's easy to get wrapped up in the chaos of our day-to-day lives, uh, but be intentional about filling your cup because if you aren't, I promise you nobody else will. That being said, my friends, we are in the last week of May. Can you believe that? This year is just flying by, and you know what that means. Last week of May means we're also in the last week of our mental health awareness series but trust me when i say this i think i have saved one of if not the most important topics for last today we're going to be talking all about boundaries because let's be honest you guys one of the great challenges in life for pretty much everyone is the ability to set and actually implement healthy boundaries to discern on when to say yes and when or even how to say no i don't know about you Uh, But I've struggled with boundaries in my own personal life throughout the years. There haven't been, um, there have been times where I felt bad, really, or even guilty for saying no. There are times when I feel uh, myself taking responsibility for someone else's actions or trying to be the hero, right? Trying to be a fixer. There are times I just feel like a, a yes person and end up stacking way too much on my plate and then having to deal with the balancing act that so many of us find ourselves in. And, and all in all, I just believe that this conversation that you're about to listen to, it was so eye-opening for me. And I pray that it will be impactful and insightful for you as well. Joining us today is a man that is not only a dear friend to all of us here at the American Association of Christian Counselors, a man that we love so, so much, and we so appreciate for all of his work and his efforts in the field. And he's also a leading voice on the topic of boundaries himself. Joining us today is Dr. John Townsend. Many of you actually may be familiar with John's work as he and Dr. Henry Cloud had the incredible opportunity of collaborating together to write the New York Times bestselling book titled Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. But beyond that incredible work, John has written several other bestsellers such as People Fuel, Leading from Your Gut, and The Entitlement Cure. He's a business consultant, leadership coach, and psychologist. He's a man who has over 20 years of experience in meeting and engaging with leaders and organizations and individuals all around the globe to really just help offer them life-changing solutions to their problems. He hosts his own online live video call-in program called Dr. Townsend Live and is the co-host of the exploding nationally syndicated talk show, New Life Live. 
And then in addition to all of these incredible feats and endeavors, John spends a lot of his time developing others through the Townsend Leadership Program and the Townsend Institute for Leadership and Coaching, which you'll get to hear a lot more about in our conversation here in just a few moments. I'll also add um, links to both of those in our show notes so that way you guys can get involved as much as wanted. Uh, but beyond the accolades and accomplishments, John's a guy that just has a heart of gold for others. He cares about providing people with sound and sage and biblical advice, and he's just one of the kindest men that you could really ever be around. And in our conversation today, what I'm excited about is that you'll have the opportunity of just gleaning so much from his wisdom and really better understanding what boundaries are, why they're so difficult to implement, and then healthy ways in which we can begin saying no and setting boundaries by understanding that boundaries are biblical and they're actually meant to help us not only love ourselves better, but also to more effectively and beneficially love others. So you guys, I can't wait to jump into this just powerful conversation. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Dr. John Townsend. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Zach. This is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it, sir. What a blessing it is just to have the opportunity of sitting across from someone who really is a, an expert in this mental health space, someone that has impacted my life personally in a prolific way. I know you've impacted countless others as well. Because uh, let's be honest, sir, this is a conversation that needs to be had because what I believe is that one of the great challenges in life, pretty much for everyone, especially, I, I was just telling you before this, for me personally, is just the ability to set healthy boundaries, uh, to discern on when to say yes, when and how to say no. So John, just as we begin today, could you help us understand what is a boundary and what makes it so difficult for us to not only make them, but then actually implement them within our daily lives? Absolutely. It's a big issue. Um, first off, a boundary, I think, simply put for us in the mental health helping world, the best way to understand it's a property line. A property line. It kind of like if you looked at your in the county courthouse files about where your home is, there's your home and then there's Sam's home and Susie's home over there. And there's a line there. And property means a boundary says what you're responsible for is in that boundary and what you're not responsible for or as responsible or outside that boundary. So, for example, what's inside of us? Well, our our heart, you know, you know like Proverbs chapter 423 says, guard your heart. What's inside our heart? our feelings and our time and our values and our passions and all that stuff's in there. We're supposed to guard it. And when we don't guard it, bad things happen. So why is it hard? Because you're right. It's hard to have good boundaries. Well, first off, think about this developmentally. Babies are born with a tremendous need for love, safety, nurturance, attachment, and they have abilities. I mean, they scream and they go, mom, where are you? I mean, they have the ability to get the love. They have zero ability to have boundaries and say, that hurts my feelings. Don't do that. Can we do that a different way? And so it's a learned thing more than being loved is a learned thing. That's more innate. So you, there's skills you got to learn. And part of, the, of God's plan was a family as a place to learn what good boundaries are. But things don't always go right. And so there are three things that keep us from having the boundaries that we would like to have. And, and develop. And this is what everybody works on, especially when they're seeing a counselor, a pastoral counselor, a psychiatrist, uh, a therapist, psychologist, is number one, um, a fear of loss of relationship. Mm -hmm. If I say no to you, you might pull away from me and you're important to me, whether this is marriage or a friendship or, a, or something in your family or something in your business. 
that things go along when I say yes to everything that you want to do, that you like, that you believe. I say, yes, we're great. But if I say no, are you going to shut down? And as you know, the, you know, what they talk about in the Gottman research is, are you going to stonewall me? And, and, and it would hurt us. And it's hard when somebody we care about pulls away. So the first is a fear of loss of relationship. That's one reason we don't. Big issue. The second one is a fear of anger, someone else's anger. Not that they'll pull away, but they'll yell at me or they'll threaten me or they'll, you know, they'll uh, they'll escalate. And some of us are very conflict avoidant and conflict phobic. And it's hard to hear somebody else, you know, get mad when we say, no, I don't agree with that. Or could you stop that? So we kind of I better just be quiet. And the third one is guilt. Guilt, the, the gift that keeps on giving, like they say. Right. And guilt is not when I'm afraid of a rejection and not when I'm afraid that I'll be uh, escalated or ang someone angry at me. Guilt is when I believe I've really harmed someone. I believe I'm going to deflate them and wound them and injure them. And who wants to be that kind of a person, especially in the mental health field? We want to be caregivers. So we don't set limits because we, we feel like they're too fragile for us. So everybody's got to work on sometimes all three, sometimes one's more dominant, but those are kind of the big three. I like that. John, as you're saying, boundaries really are like these property lines and being able to work on those big three, right? The fear of the loss of a relationship, the fear of someone's anger, or even just the fear of guilt in general. Those are three things I look at personally, and I'm like, man, I can, I, I can yeah. feel all three of those just on a personal level, you know, because I believe um, that for everyone listening, they probably have someone that they break all the rules for, right? As you hear all those things, we give in, we tolerate the issues that we've said we wouldn't give in on in the first place. Then we rationalize it because it's all out of what? The name of love, which to be completely honest with you, sir, isn't very loving at all. And, the and generally that person is someone very important to us, right? Exactly. Very important to us. And it's that idea, though, that love does have limits. So can you speak here for a second just about what it's like to be able to take responsibility for our own actions, not other people's, and then being able to really identify to the significance of boundaries and what happens when boundaries keep getting crossed or pushed further and further and further. Yeah, let me go into um, the inspirational part that will motivate us, and then I'll go into bad news, which is yeah. you better do this. <laughs> I, I've seen it a lot of, in both directions. Yeah, the inspiration part is that love is better when you have boundaries. People go, I remember I was doing seminars many years ago and a lady came up and she said, um, thank you so much for the seminar I've been. I said, well, great. How, tell me how it's helping. She said, well, I tried love and it didn't work. So I'm doing boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I don't have any friends anymore, but I'm using the boundary. Well, I said, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, it's not like a zero sum game. Lots of love, no boundaries, lots of boundaries. No, that's not the way God is. It's not the way he made us. It's a win-win game mm -hmm. that the better the boundaries, if you're a kind person, the better to love. And why is that? Because you got more to give. Mm -hmm. People that can say, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. I want to do this. I don't do that. They're clear about where their energy goes. You know, you and I are in the same field. What do we talk about with mental health compassion fatigue? Burnout. Yep. I hate my life. I can't see my kids anymore. I'm taking everybody's problems home. And people don't have energy instead of saying, I've got to be good to me a little bit, not self-centeredness. I've got to manage my energy and not let bad things happen so that I've got energy to give another day. And great relationships have great boundaries. In fact, I always give people a test on this. 
You want to test how healthy your relationship are, whether it's dating, marriage, kids, friends, say no to the person. Mm-hmm. A great friend will go, yeah, bummer. You, you know, I'm sorry I, you know, crossed the line and offended you, or I'm sorry we can't go to the same restaurant. We're, we're fine. There's, they're, they're, it's a better relationship. A person uh, that's not healthy, they'll have the attitude. I thought you cared about me. I thought you're a Christian. So you diagnose the health of your relationships by saying no. So that's the, that's the aspiration. Greater energy, greater relationships. Now, what happens if you don't? Yeah. Is several things happen. One is, um, that we become disheartened. Yeah. Uh, we become discouraged. That's why that passage, guard your heart is so important because if we don't guard our heart, then we're taking care of other people's hearts and we begin to give out and think, I, I can't do all this. I can't, I'm everybody's mom and dad and I don't, and I'm getting discouraged. The other thing is, we also allow entitlement to take over in other people. We give them permission to say what they want, do what they want, behave towards what they want with no consequences. That's not good for them. That doesn't build great godly character and health. And the other thing is that we end up sometimes being damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, how much time have you spent in counseling offices like I have where somebody comes in, they had a mom or a dad who crossed the boundaries, controlled them, judged them, um, took advantage of them. Or they had a, there was a marriage with someone who was controlling or manipulative or sociopathic. And they kind of said yes in the name of love. And as you said, it didn't end up with a loving fruit. Nobody got healthy. So it's the damage issue. It's the energy issue. And it's the helping them grow issue. Man, those are all so good. And I really just want to keep unpacking some of these, especially the fears that you mentioned uh, just a second ago, beginning here, Dr. John, with this idea of guilt. I was just thinking uh, in this mental health space as counselors, we often struggle with boundaries because of our giftedness or our empathy or our calling to care for others, right? Maybe yeah. we've been extended grace our whole life, so we want to offer the same grace we've been extended. Maybe it's fueled, as we're saying, by guilt, so we always jump into rescue, right? But the truth is some people... They just can't be rescued because they aren't ready to be or they aren't even looking for it. It's that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink, right? You can't be responsible for another person's actions. We can only control what we can control. Mm-hmm. Sir, I know you wrote a lot about um, 10 laws of boundaries within your best-selling book titled Boundaries, right? When to say yes or how to say yes and when to say no, mm-hmm. and then to be able to take back control of your life. Sir, could you just help discuss a few of those laws with us today and how how that will help us maybe implement some better boundaries moving forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, there, there are several laws. Let me just camp on one or two and then kind of dove off of them a little bit because we, we, Henry and I have researched this so much. We're always finding out new things. Yeah. Um, one is the law of responsibility to and responsibility for. Mm. Now, there are two very different There are prepositions. Two is a preposition, four is a preposition, but they mean a world of difference. We are responsible for ourselves, our lives, our futures, our health, our self-help, and all that, and our very souls. We're responsible for that before God. And we're responsible to the people in our life that we love and care for, our clients, our family. But we are not responsible for their lives. Unless somebody's like an infant or an aging parent is in their 90s, that's different when it's caretaking. But everybody else, I'm, I'm responsible for my, 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 what, to what my family does. And I'm responsible for my friends and my business associates, but I'm not responsible for it. And I'll give you an example. Sometimes we take emotional responsibility for someone else for their emotions. Now, 
Zach, have you ever had somebody who came to you, you're a counselor, you're a good guy, and said to you somehow, one way or another, Dr. Clinton, I'm miserable. I need you to make me happy. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> they say that in many, many ways. And what yeah. they're saying is, I, my life's kind of not okay. Can you make me happy? What they're saying is, take, take responsibility for my emotions. And I can tell you, and you can tell the, our audience, the fruit of, of, make, of taking on someone else's emotional problem is that nobody's happy. Then you get miserable. They stay miserable. Nobody gets better because God did not create it that way. Hmm. You, you're responsible to them saying, I'll help you. I'll give you tools. I'll be a safe place for you. But that's the difference. So you've got to keep two with your clients and four with your clients. Very, very clear. Hmm. Another one is the law of exposure. And, and what I mean by this is, especially in the mental health world, there's a thing that we learn in our training called the frame. And what is the frame? Well, it's, it's the external things that provide structure for our clients. Here's how long my sessions are. Here's how much I'm charging. Here's what I'll do in emergencies and this sort of thing. And you don't violate the frame unless it's a bad, bad emergency. Hmm. And a lot of times a client will test that frame. Like, can't you go over a few minutes for me? Don't you care? And I don't have any money. Or, and now listen, we're supposed to be gracious. But the frame is saying, these are my boundaries. This is how I can help you best because there's somebody coming after you and I've got bills to pay. And when we violate that frame, we don't expose people to it and say, no, this is really my boundaries for my parameters for my practice. They, they, they're confused. They don't, they take advantage of it and nobody wins. Those are two great examples of how to get, have good, good boundaries and the, and the good things they bring because if your client hears those boundaries and you are clear about it, got to stop now. I know it's a hard time or you do need to pay me. It builds structure within them. Mm -hmm. It builds the ability to delay gratification, have their own boundaries. You strengthen them when you say, these are my boundaries, as opposed to you make them worse, you make them better. Yeah, and I think that's the difference, right, between enabling someone and empowering someone. You're there giving you them that structure, the responsibility to be able uh, to really navigate that on their own strength. And that's being able to help somebody really overcome some of the challenges that they come up against on a daily basis. Yep. You know, I love um, that idea of being responsible to or responsible for something, right? Not pushing the frame, as you just mentioned. As we move from now the fear of guilt into, this is a big one of mine, the fear of like a rejection or the fear of losing a relationship. I can think back into my own personal life and in a sense staying maybe in toxic relationships because of that very thing. Um, it's that idea where I have this mindset that I just never want to give up, right? I just always want to do whatever I can to make everybody like me, to feel like yep. I gave my best foot forward, to feel like I, I don't want to live with regret, John. And so for me, right, that was something I know a lot of people struggle with too. My greatest fear was it blowing up in my hands, right? And the loss of the relationship in the first place. So I'll, I, in a sense, will be somebody's puppet. I'll be manipulated. I'll do whatever you want. Say what you want. Wear what you want. Like anything. But, but like don't leave. <clears throat> but don't leave. Exactly. So how does somebody like that who has, you know, ingrained in their mindset, well, I just don't want to give up on this person, right? I want to be there to help. I want to fix them. Mm -hmm. How do they start taking steps away from that unhealthy mindset into a more healthier mindset moving forward as well? Yeah, it's a big deal. And the best place is to start with God because yeah. God has the same concern. He mm -hmm. doesn't want people to leave him. He goes to the mat for them. Think about Jesus when he's entering the entering the town on the um on the donkey and he says Jerusalem Jerusalem I wish that you, I could put you under my wings like a hen does her her chickens but you would not so your days are going to be as bad as the worst as Sodom and Gomorrah that God will go to the limit 
give more than probably well, than what is fair because fair is a legalistic concept. He gives more. But at some point, God says, I'm not leaving you, but I'm letting you leave me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have certain consequences in certain ways I am. And um, you're going to leave me because you don't want my my rule or you don't want my my boundaries. You don't want my the way I'm governing things. Now, we're not God, but we do have to sometimes. And I've seen this happen a lot. Somebody has to deal with the fear that a pert important person to them is going to leave them if they say you can't have the money, you can't have my body, you can't abuse me, you can't be toxic with me. And people then choose to self-select. Now there are times you got to say in bad bad cases, I'm calling the cops. Lawyers, right. guns and money and we right. will leave. But a lot of times when you get more firm about your boundaries, they say I'm going to take my ball and go somewhere else and you have to tolerate that. And here's the here's the problem. Not the problem, it's more of a solution. When you have someone leave you because you said no and consistently said no to bad treatment or abuse or or neglect or whatever, you've got to make sure you've got other people deep within your heart who are your life team. I talk about that in my new book, People Fuel. You gotta have a life team so that when they go away, whatever they brought to the table, love, warmth, wisdom, care, all the things that we need from people, if they're saying, I'm taking those things away because you said no to me, you got to have two or three others that you can say, I'm so sad because Sam left me or Susie left me and I can't have them, but you have those components. We call them relational nutrients. You have those nutrients of warmth and care and wisdom, and I need them from you. Make sure you're never, never hijacked because you think that that's the only person that can you can get those things from, those nutrients from. We can always find them in other good places in the body of Christ, and that makes it so that you can tolerate their abandonment. Mm. I think that right there was such a great cognitive reframe, even for me, as you mentioned that, in, in terms of the Lord and how he views relationships in this way, right? It's not that idea that I, if I'm setting boundaries, I'm not leaving you. It's more so if I set these healthy boundaries, you're the one that's ultimately leaving me. But then as you're saying, surrounding myself with other people that will give me those things. So that way, when the void comes, I don't have to reach for other things to numb and to anesthetize that pain. But I have that in a different outlet. Right. I'm not, I'm not lost in isolation and I, I can take my sadness as those who will fill me up with the right nutrients. So I'm saying healthy. Mm. That's good. That's really, really good. And that goes back to that responsibility piece of I'm not taking responsibility for them leaving. That was their choice, right? And then finding our power and our people feel somewhere else. John, now as we've navigated this idea of the fear of the loss of a relationship, the fear of guilt, but now I want to talk to people out there who maybe have been violated and they've just been incredibly wounded by somebody. Maybe it's their anger. Maybe it's their manipulation, their control. Um, And as you know, in the mental health space, we talk a lot about trauma bonds, this idea that in relationships it's almost like we can settle or we can continually run back to the source of trauma or pain or chaos because it almost becomes familiar it's what unites some types of people in relationships and because we constantly are maybe hoping and we're praying john that things would get better or that an individual would change in some way shape or form the one that's especially inflicting the pain on us because they're supposed to love me back john right what's the word of advice or just encouragement for a person in a relationship like that as to how they can potentially begin, even you know, if they can't get out of the relationship, if they want to stay in it and they're fueled by it, John, how do they begin to even restore a sense of trust back in a relationship? Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal, Zach. The, the, the trauma bonds are a real thing. And there's a thing that um, 
Henry Cloud and I wrote about in our book, Safe People, where we talk about hope, healthy hope and biblical hope and defensive hope. Hmm. Biblical hope and defensive hope are not the same thing. Defensive hope says, I just hope you'll change if I'm nice to you, if I cook pancakes for you, if I do everything you want, if I laugh at all your jokes, if I put up with the bad treatment, I hope, I hope, I hope you'll hope you'll change. Biblical hope says sometimes there's a time to give up. You've hmm. got to see a seed of growth, some seed of a pattern changing, or you have to say, there's no hope right now until later. So defensive hope will keep us on the string forever. Biblical hope will say, no, they crossed too many lines. It's not going to work. Have them come back when they're well. And how you tolerate that. So that's kind of the cognitive aspect of reframing this. Oh, this is the wrong kind of hope. All hope's not healthy hope. Yeah. But how do you tolerate that is, 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 is where you go with that is number one, you know what they always said about how they trained bank tellers, how to tell the counterfeit money. You know that old story, mm-hmm. old story in the world. The way they trained bank tellers to tell funny money, counterfeit money is they handled nothing but the real thing for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of feeling it. And then they hand the funny money. They go, something's wrong here. Right. And that's how they're trained. Same things through relationships. When you've had trauma bonding, you fe- you thought that, you know, being ridiculed is normal. You thought that being gaslighted is normal. You yeah. thought that being abused is normal because a fish doesn't know he's wet. Mm-hmm. So what do you got to do? You got to get around the healthy people. This is why the church is so important to be around healthy, great churches that are preaching great stuff and a healthy support group, healthy therapists, healthy counselors, healthy pastors. And that's the that's the real thing. And then when you get around the knuckleheads that are abusive, you go, well, that's I don't like that because I'm used to this. You yeah. replace it with the health and then they don't they don't take it in so much. The third thing is I found this is very helpful when people have a hard time with that angry person that intimidates them. The best thing a counselor can do is role play the conversation. Yeah. So. You know, you say, now, Sally, you be the mean, you're, you'll be your husband or your dad or your crazy mother or whatever, and I'll be the healthy, skilled you. And so she'll channel that person and you handle it. You say, no, that's not appropriate. We have to cut the conversation. You use all the skills. And, and Sally goes, I didn't think I could do that. Yeah. So that really gives her a practical tool when she's around the rager that has always intimidated her. No, Dr. John, that's... That idea of defensive hope versus biblical hope, that's so enlightening to me because I think about all the time, yeah, it's easy to say, man, I just hope if I do this, this, and this, right, my, in a sense, I'm putting my worth, my value, and my identity, and I'm rooting it to my performance, right? If I do this, you'll love me back. If I do this, you won't, so on and so forth. But that idea of biblical hope, in my opinion, as you were mentioning it, was being able to take myself out of God's place and allowing him to take his rightful place, right? So sometimes we have to surrender a relationship over to God saying, I cannot be the one to fix this person, right? God can help them if they invite God in, right? But that's their choice back to that responsibility aspect. And maybe I'm the obstacle. Maybe my defensive hope of continuing to enable is the obstacle. And I always tell tell the clients a lot of times, you need to hand your, the way you're treating them over to God, and you need to hand them over to God. He'll do a lot better of growing them up than you will. Mm, that's a great 
form of fighting it, right, is surrendering yeah. it over to God right there. Spiritually speaking, as we're on this topic right here, you already mentioned Proverbs 4.23, which says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You've been quoted, John, saying that heart is really that aspect of our inner self, right? It needs to be a priority because our very life choices and path flow from that. Because if we don't guard ourselves with healthy boundaries, then we don't relate and function as God has intended for us. Sir, what are some practical and proactive steps to help us really step into healthy, not only boundaries, but healthy relationships that are safe and secure so that we can learn to love and freedom and responsibility, which is the way in which God has always intended for us to do. Sure. Um, on the 30,000 foot level, first sack is especially those of us in the helping professions. You've got to create your own mission statement. Like Rick Warren said in Purpose Driven Church, it's not about you, it's about God. Why are you on the planet? And when you have a mission statement that says, I'm, I'm here to help, I don't know, people in, um, in people trafficking, or I'm here to help in evangelism, or I'm here to help depressed people, or I'm here to help people that are impoverished. What's your mission statement? Why are you on the planet? Because that gives you that compass to kind of go, I'm, 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 I'm on, on track or off track. That will help you not to burn out because you keep waking up every morning and go, that's what I'm about. So it keeps you focused of, of where your energy and your time are. All we really have is our energy and our time. That's right. So it focuses me. Second thing, though, is I, I often, and I'm, when I'm supervising therapists, I'll say, how many times a day are you saying no? And they go, well, it sounds mean. I said, well, you might want to say, no, I don't want a hot apple pie today. And today I want a cheeseburger, <laughs> you know, whatever. But start making no a normal word. Say it three, four, five times a day, not in a mean way, on little things and big things. Because so many times as Christians and as counselors, we feel like it's a mean word. But look at how many times God says no all the time. And he loves us deeply. So start using the word. Here's another one is sometime in the morning and sometime in the afternoon, have a conversation, not only where you say no, but you disagree with somebody. Don't make stuff up, but you say, I didn't like that movie at all. What are you talking about? It was a great movie. Yeah, it didn't grab me. And you get anxious about it. Oh, my gosh, are they going to be mad? And then you find out most people say, yeah, potato and patata. So, so, so confront conversations. And then the next thing that I, I think is very important is to evaluate when you're saying yes to someone for their time or for their attention or for your attention or your time or your money or whatever, make sure you, you obey 2 Corinthians 8, where it says, give out of a full heart. God loves a cheerful giver, not grudgingly and not under compulsion. And somebody says, I want to treat you this way. I want this from you. If you feel, hey, great, no problem. But if you go, I'm kind of bugged right now. I'm feeling a little resentful. You got to pay attention to what your gut's saying because you may need to say no. So listen to your, listen to that gut you've got. That's right. Don't be afraid to embrace those feelings, experience them, and then express them to other people, allowing them to understand exactly how you feel about a situation. John, you have some pretty cool things going on with your Townsend Institute. And I just wanted to give you, first off, just an opportunity to really help our listeners understand what's going on. What do you have going on? How can they learn more about you before we kind of enter this close of our episode today? Sure. We, we uh, have the Townsend Institute for Leadership and Counseling. It's a fully accredited KCREP uh, online program. We've got hundreds and hundreds of students now, and they're working on either uh, their bachelor's or their credential in counseling 
or they're, they're, they're master's in counseling, or they're a PhD. Now we have a PhD program. Wow. But we, now we've also got an executive coaching program because coaching is growing so quickly. In fact, I'm working with ICCA, which is part of ACC, on that, where you can get a credential or you can get a master's in coaching yourself. And so now and I'm there a lot and I'm doing a lot of training and I work with our, our wonderful faculty. We've got a ton of great faculty members. And now what, what's the cool thing that's happening is that People are coming in, whether they're 25 or 75, and then they're getting their degrees and they're going out and going, I got the job of my dreams. I, the, uh, and everything opened up because I got these skills and tools and it transformed me and I learned how to use them and they're getting phenomenal positions. I had one, one person who was a counselor. Uh, she got the degree and she told me she, she's from the Midwest. She said, as soon as I entered my, this private practice in the Midwest, she said, I began supervising my peers. Mm-hmm. So we're getting high level training. Uh, total, total KCRAP and in, and in as, as well as in, um, the coaching, we've got total ICF training. So all, you got all the blue chips accreditations and we're having a lot of fun. It's truly incredible what you guys are doing, not only in the counseling field, but the coaching field. Just incredible resources that you're offering all of our listeners today. I will tag those in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you're interested in the Townsend Institute, you want to learn more, all you have to do is scroll to the bottom of our screen. At our show notes, you'll be able to click on those links because John Townsend's doing some absolutely incredible things. Sir, you truly are um, just the pioneering leader in our field of Christian mental health care. I'm so indebted and thankful for you, all of us here at the American Association of Christian Counselors are thankful for you. But how we like to close our episodes here on the podcast, John, is just by allowing our guests uh, to have an opportunity to share a pressing word that God has placed on their heart for such a time as this. So, sir, who I would really appreciate you talking to as we close out our time together, someone who struggled with maybe feeling guilty, um, if they've even considered setting boundaries, or maybe they've been led to believe that they're being unloving, right? If they say no to someone who's asking for something that they just don't have to offer in that moment. John, what's the word of hope, encouragement, and motivation that you would leave us with today to help us begin living a life that would make a difference on the road forward? Uh, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, best thing I can say is if you struggle with these issues, and all of us do, <clears throat> Remember that God has two sources of grace and truth. One is vertical, which is Him, His Holy Spirit, the Lord, prayer, the Bible. We've got to get the grace and truth from Him. But He's also instituted the, the horizontal, which is other people. Like it says in First Peter, it says that we are the stewards of His grace. Make sure you're covered in your time with God alone, but make sure you have a few people that know it all about you, that know your background, that know your, 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 your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities, and that you're sharing regularly with them, and they're always going to be for you, and it will strengthen you to have the boundaries that you want if you get it from both directions. Get it from both directions. God gives us friends for the fire, but he's also in the midst of the fire. John Townsend, thank you so much, sir, just for the opportunity just to sit down with you today, to give us such impactful and insightful information, and just for your willingness and time to join us here for an incredible uh, podcast conversation. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Man, you guys, that was just um, a very impactful episode for me. You know, like I mentioned in the intro and even a couple of times throughout that interview, um, boundaries are something that I've struggled with. I say yes to a lot of things. I kind of feel like I have to be um, maybe the fixer or the hero or I want to help come alongside of people. I kind of excuse it, like I had mentioned, just being in this uh, people-helping profession. 
that you know I, I love caring for people. I really want to do good. I want to I have a big heart, right? I want to be empathetic. But there are times to where I have to ask myself, to what extent, right? It's that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. At some point, um, I can't take responsibility for other people's actions. And I just want to leave you with a quote um, that I read that was super beneficial in my life. And it just goes like this. Zach, you don't have to be the victim. You also don't have to be the hero. You just have to be an active participant in this journey that we call life. And so for me, that has helped me immensely because I have to remember that there are times when I can't be the hero of somebody else's story because guess what? That's not my fit. I can't be and fulfill that role when the battle's already been won. We already have a hero and his name is Jesus. And my prayer then for other people is not that I could help fix their mess, but it's that they would get to a point of dependence on God to invite the Lord into their life to help them navigate some of the challenges that they're walking through. There are some things, you guys, that are really difficult to navigate. It's hard, I understand. Like those three fears that John was saying, the fear of the loss of a relationship, the fear of um, being the recipient of somebody's anger, or the fear of you know, receiving a lot of guilt for not setting boundaries. It's easy to fall into those, um, to fall in those traps or to fall into those fears to really not set healthy boundaries. But my prayer is that after listening to this conversation today with Dr. John, that you would have just been encouraged uh, and not afraid to, to say no, to be able to stand up for yourself and what you believe in, to be able to, to um, just speak openly and biblically and in truth and understanding that boundaries are biblical at the end of the day. And they really do help you not only more effectively love yourself and provide yourself with more self-care and opportunities to care for yourself, but it also provides you with a better understanding of how to care and love others as well. Not crossing those lines, not crossing those boundaries, not pushing those limits, but loving them with a sense of God-fearing love. My friends, I challenge you today. If you struggle with boundaries, don't be afraid to say no. Or don't be afraid to say no to something that's good to say yes to something better down the road. My prayer is that uh, this would have definitely left an imprint on your life. You guys, what an amazing time we've had just in the last month, just diving into some conversations with some of the leading experts here in the, the fields of mental and emotional health and well-being. And my prayer is that some of them would have impacted your life, that you would just be able, you feel that maybe more equipped, not only do we shed a light on some of those challenges, but more equipped then to be able to deal with them, not only in your own life, but as you uh, come alongside of and serve others in whatever field or profession you find yourself in. Um, my prayer is that you would continue to join us. I know we're exiting out of our mental health awareness series, but we have several other um, mental health experts that will be joining us in the weeks to come. And I cannot wait to release those episodes to you right here. So as always, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. And I cannot wait to see you next week right here back on the Built Different Podcast. Mm-hmm.